Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 54 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. Europe's self-proclaimed number one MMA podcast is back. Andrew McGann here with you for the next hundred and something minutes, depending on how the conversation goes, with my, as always, beautiful co-host, the cane to my undertaker, the ant to my deck, or the tooth to my toothpaste to my toothbrush. Sean, what did you think of that one? The last Kane, one is a Kane bit Cane and the undertaker? Cane and the undertaker? Yeah, the brothers of destruction. I got us loads of ah, t-shirts made. Cane is shit. What? Terrible. We're more like Devon and Bubba Ray Dudley, I think. It's Mr. Sean Sheehan, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Hello there. I don't know welcome about the, that. I don't welcome know. to the podcast. You I see, hate Ken. I hate him. Dear, well, if we yeah. were to pick a tag team then, you you think the Dudley brothers? The Dudley boys. Do you know what we're a bit like? We're a bit like... Uh, I like. It, don't, don't get me wrong. It's probably the nicest uh, compliment you've ever given me comparing me to Devon Dudley. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a bit like him. We're a bit, <laughs> we're a bit like Edge and Christian, I reckon. What do you think? Hold I on, don't... I like, you see now... This is where we could fall out. Yeah, see, I, you're we Christian. don't want to be edge. We don't want to be edge. <laughs> exactly. <like. laughs> so maybe we could just be like, do you remember the headbangers? Yeah. Oh, I love them. The yeah, mo- that's more the, us. Yeah. That's actually a good one. That yeah. is us. Draw, that is was Draws one of them? I don't know. Jesus. No, I think Draws might have been a separate guy. I don't know if he was in the headbangers. Maybe. The headbangers were nuts. They used to wear kilts and do shooting star presses off the top. Yeah, man. Or am I thinking different? I'm thinking of the Australian lads, am I? Who are the Does Australian lads? Do you know the lads that used to just go like, they used to move their hands up and down and like go around the ring? Right, so let me just Google, move their hands up and down <laughs> People and go alone. around the ring. People alone. That is there. nothing. That, uh, I, I'm not following you here at all. Oh, I can't even get our names. Australian wrestlers. You Google it there, because I have to I'll tell Google people it. about something. Just a reminder, before we get into the nuts and bolts... Sean Sheehan literally creaming over a fighter, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Wonderboy! Uh, we'd like you to uh, check out our new sponsor, um, BeanieBasher.com. Sean, first things first, I believe I saw Beanie Basher in the flesh at the Northern Irish Open the other day. Did you? Did you see my Snapchat story of a guy warming up? <gasps> I didn't actually know. Now, jiu-jitsu tournament, warming up hand-eye coordination for strikes, maybe not the best place to utilize it, but it did look very fun. And uh, it sticks by it. It's a fun, addictive hand-eye coordinated coordination tool made for martial artists to improve their striking and very, very affordable, Sean. Just £10 sterling. Can't beat um, that value. That's about €12, Euro, if, in case you're wondering. Or if you want to get it sent over, I think there's uh, cheaper shipping to the north and stuff like that. So look, hit me up according to Sean Sheehan. I live in the north. You do. We'll get them all sent to my house. Mm-hmm. No problem. www.beaniebasher.com uh, that last part may not be true. You're not getting stuff sent to my house <laughs> off the internet. The Bushwhackers. The They're Bushwhackers. Remember them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's them. That's Fair us. enough. Anyway, That's if you're listening, you have a small business, an upstart, a young company, maybe you're thinking, let me get into this severe MMA advertising. No issue. Please get in touch with us. SevereMMAPod at gmail.com. We will pimp your product for a very, very affordable price. And Sean Sheehan will write a personalised limerick about the product as well and read it out in the podcast every week. Sure will, no problem. Anytime. And he had no idea about that, I'm just dropping him in it now. Here we go. Yes. If you want to get in touch as well throughout the show, maybe you're listening to us, you think, 
whatever Sean and Andrew just said there is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. I need to tell them how stupid they are, how shit they are, and I'm probably never going to listen to them again. Then please, we welcome these messages. Send us a tweet at Sean Sheehan BA, at Andrew McGann underscore, and at Severe MMA Pod. Sean. What's the crack? Are you there? Okay, I'm here. Good. That was, a, that was a good intro there. Very professional. Thanks very I like much. It. Look, Sean, I've upped my game a little bit, I think, in the last yeah. week. You know? Um, choose your words carefully here, Andrew, or we're going to have to do a bit of editing. I just had an apple, uh, an apple tart there. An apple tart? Yeah, I was, I was about to talk about a newfound uh, professionalism, a newfound um, <laughs> productivity. As you eat apple tart during the podcast. What? As you eat apple tart during the no, podcast. No, I've eaten the apple tart. The apple no, this, tart's gone. This is the important question. Did you have cream with it? God, no. That's the oh, that's only the second most. This is the most important question. Did you heat it up? Yes. 30 that's seconds okay. in the microwave. Do you know, do you ever have, see those people that put cream on it, but like don't whip the cream, just have like watery cream? Oh, That's fucking disgusting. How do people those, do that? Yeah, well, I don't know. Those people need their priorities checked. Like. Yeah, they do. What about rhubarb? What no, about I rhubarb? hate rhubarb. And I by hate, hate, I hate rhubarb, rhubarb, I mean I've never eaten it. Uh, really? It's nice. Yeah. But it's kind of sour and sweet at the same time. Bit like you then. A bit like Sean Sheehan. I'm the <laughs> Sean, Sean Rhubarb Sheehan. Sheehan. Oh my God, we're practically <laughs> oh, the same no, person. No. That's got a stick now. I've got a nickname as Rhubarb. Rhubarb. Unreal. God. God almighty. But anyway, did you stay up to watch Super Bowl last night? Did I? What? Brilliant, wasn't it? Brilliant. No, oh wait, no, it wasn't. Sure. By stay up, I did fall asleep a couple of times. Yeah. Um, shout outs again. Third consecutive week in a row. He's going to be delighted the man behind three mobile customer care team, Jim Shavlin, graciously opened his doors to us last night to watch the Super Bowl. Um, it's not; it wasn't great. I'm not going to lie. Oh. Cam Newton, what is Useless. he at? Rubbish. He's like, a, I, look, one. far far be it from me to criticize high level, elite levels athletes. Um, Your dung he was. <laughs> but that man was shite. He's useless. <laughs> I, like, like, yeah. I, I say the word shite there over over exaggeratingly a little bit. I wasn't great now. Like, is it his fault? Is it the... Oh, wait. We're about to get into a completely separate <laughs> argument here. Is it, is it the defense's fault or the defense's fault? <laughs> Pizza Carroll brought this up. Uh, look, I I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. How can he be that bad? Like, he was terrible. Like, he was useless. But apparently, like, he's the best player in the world. Best player but, in the world. He dances. He dabs. Yeah. Oh, oh by the way, there's a fucking hilarious video on... I don't know who the two American football videos are. But one of them's asked from a press conference, can they dab? And his reaction is, uh, that's uh, illegal in this state. We don't know anything about that. And then every, dabbing is a form of how people in the States consume medicinal marijuana. It's oh. wax. And you put it into like a heated, a heated thing. And it's for uh, a lot of people would take it that have genuine medical marijuana cards as opposed to smoking. So, and fucking pothead. So the two, uh, the two footballers were like, oh, we can't do that. Uh, and then oh, they were like, no, we mean the dance. And they were like, oh, yeah, no problem. And then they did it on the stage. It was, yeah. it was brilliant. Talk about being caught. It was nice to see Peyton going out there last night, getting his, getting his win. On his retirement, yeah. 39 years young. Yeah. Like, he's he's a bit of a dork, bit of a loser. Yeah, he's very American, isn't he? He is yeah. so American. He's like, you, 
He drinks Budweiser's a lot. What the fuck is wrong with him? My problem with him, right? Eesh. And a problem that I have a lot is, you know the way I don't really watch movies? Yeah. But whenever I watch a movie, I try to link every... Like, Graham says I'm the worst for it. I always try to say people look like other people. Yeah, I do that as well. Yeah, actually. and because it's the easiest way to ha- describe someone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like, do you know your man Sean Sheehan? Yeah, not really. What does he look like? A bag of spanners. It's like, right. Oh, yeah, Sean Sheehan. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. There, he looks like him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew McGann. <laughs> ringer for Ryan Gosling. Like, that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, Johnny, Ve- Johnny Vegas. <laughs> the, be- the best part about it is, though, <laughs> I am... Um, when I was watching it, I was like, who does Peyton Manning remind me of? You remember the social network? Yeah. The two brothers that were the roars yeah. that he claimed. Yeah. They are going to, like, Peyton Manning was definitely a dick like them when he was younger. Like, yeah. Because he would have came from a good background. His a wealthy background, exactly. Quarterback as well. So he was brought up with everything. And, like, he is pretty much, I, I, it was a beautiful tale, right? For me, who knows nothing about NFL, nothing about American football, nothing about the quarterbacks in question. But it mm-hmm. looked like a, the end of a film story. Do you know what I mean? A guy mm-hmm. who g- had everything when he was uh, growing up. He's an old veteran. His father was involved in it. He was probably throwing a, a pigskin, as they say, from an early age. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Cam Newton. Dabbing, young, hustler, money, rich, 25 years old, dances. Everyone loves him. He's the best player in the world. You know, plays Drake. Started from the bottom, now we're here. All of that sort. Nobody fucking with my click. He seemed, you know, this. It's a a success story, and then he goes out, absolutely, literally throws the throws the game away twice, yeah. um, from losing the ball, and then walks out of his press conference, sits there sulking with his head down. The equivalent of interviewing some Irish amateur MMA fighters was the level mm. of uh, response. Uh, I was, worse even. Yeah, no, much worse. That's that's a credit to the level of Irish MMA. I mean, the the level of his interview was lower than Irish yeah. MMA is what I mean. I know, yeah. And he was, uh, and he was like, oh, what do you want me to say? I'm sorry. And got up and left. Yeah. Like, like, what a bitch. Fighters are knocked to the point of unconsciousness in a cage and still have to get up on a press conference and talk and answer questions professionally. Did you see at the end too? Like a ball was fumbled and he and threw it was right himself there onto the drop. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't even know. But no. before that, the one where it was fumbled, he was it. He fumbled it or he dropped. And he could he have just dived it. in it. He could have dived. And he never on. even bothered. Like exactly. I was like, Fuck him. He just that. did not want the hit. There was yeah. another time on the sidelines that something happened and he threw himself onto the ground yeah. like a child rolling around. I'm like, everything goes good for you, Cam, but when the shit hits the fan, you're an absolute embarrassment. Like. Yeah. I'm one of these dickheads, right, that watches the, the, the draft and sees, like, these guys that are drafted number one and then kind of takes an interest in them. And him and Von Miller were both drafted in, like, the same draft, I'm pretty sure. And I've, like, kind of bored of them since, but now I'm, I'm a pure Von Miller fan. Cam can fuck off. Von Miller's a man. Go Broncos. Bad form. There you go. What up? Anyway, moving on. Have Pancake Tuesday tomorrow. What's your perfect pancake? Come on, tell us. Just a pancake with a bit of, bit of uh, pancake. <laughs> Jesus, ca- calm down here, Sean. I'm about to tell you. A little a bit of sugar and lemon. Fuck's sake. What? You're going to say Nutella or something like that? No, no this, this is the perfect pancake, right? You cook one side of the pancake, right? You smother the other side in Nutella. Then you put more pancake bake over the top of it. Have the Nutella in the middle and then cook it off. So even Nutella in the a middle sandwich. of the pancake, right? Yeah. Then you get 
cream and you spread cream on top of it, then you get strawberries, bananas, you get chocolate, you melt the chocolate on top of it. Then you get ice cream and you let the ice cream melt on top of the warm pancake. Do you know what else you get? Well, Diabetes. <laughs> yeah, but it's worth it. Fuck it, it's very nice. It does sound quite nice. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think we could, uh, we could sell that in our cafe. Definitely. Well, obviously the one cafe. that we'll open, yeah, together. Yeah. We'll have, we've only like 12 hours to do it. What, to open it? Sure. Oh, yeah. no, next year. It's happening. No, this I was oh, going to yeah. make a joke about no one listening to the podcast, but that's not true because we're it's fucking unreal, yeah? That's incorrect. It was actually... What, what day was Thank it? you very Four much for the last. Uh, that's that. This was the segue. This is leading to Sean Sheehan. He's about to tell you the the record setting. No, no, the traffic from the last week. <laughs> Not so much record setting, but better like better than slow snail pace. Like doing well. We're doing well. It's better than all those other podcasts, isn't it? Like we're everyone so, in existence. We're so much better. Yeah. But um, now look, don't like don't don't start this now. I do it jokingly. <laughs> like you say this seriously, okay? I'm not. Can I just say before this goes anywhere, okay? Go on. What would happen now? Sean will make a claim about. I joke when we're Europe's number one podcast, okay? Because there's other good ones, but <laughs> this is what I mean, okay? More little. I then mean. I go to a UFC event and I'm cornered in a press room by someone and it's like, what did you and Sean Sheehan say on the podcast about there being nothing else good in the world? And then I say, lads, all Sean Sheehan's fault. He writes my script. He writes mm-hmm. everything for me. Mm-hmm. He's a wanker. I'll take it. It's like, it's true. Well, like, I, I've been known in the past for offending people by telling them the truth. So <laughs> like, oh. these these things happen. These things happen. But, uh, yeah. Just on that note, before go we on. go on, I noticed uh, one of my, li- like, I was thinking about it, I think we may have broached on this topic, obviously we were massive fans of uh, the humour of uh, Joe.ie with their Louis van Gaal heads, Joe. On, uh, on Eric Zoolander, no, Derek Zoolander, Eric, <laughs> Z- Eric Zoolander's cousin, and he was, um, can you imagine spending <laughs> thousands in college to become a journalist? <laughs> Yeah, and you're there, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Your first day of work, you've got a notepad, you've got a pen, you've got a fedora with a press symbol in it. Where are you going to go? That you're going to unfind the hard-hitting stories of Dublin. Going around looking like, like Chuck Mindelhall. Looking like Chuck Mindelhall, a dapper man, Converse with a suit as well at the MMA Awards. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. That is a trendsetter. That's something that's going to catch on. I believe it should, if it hasn't well, already. That- that has been going on for years. I know. He looked like a member of Blink-182 from 2002, but I wasn't going to say it in that sort of way. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of Converse with suits, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Then, first assignment hits the desk, right? Here we go. Hands rubbing together. You already have the jacket on because you assume you're going outside. Yeah. It's a note and it says, Can you please put Wayne Rooney's head on Jay from the Inbetweeners? Thanks. <laughs> Post it online. Oh, <laughs> okay, do you want me to write anything? No, just upload the video to our Facebook page. It's like, but I can write something about the GIF as well if you like. No, don't worry about it, man. Just put oh, it on the thanks. Facebook page. Just, just, just upload that and let, yeah. let the magic happen. <laughs> let the likes roll in. Oh. I'd like to imagine that there's people in the, like, there's definitely someone there, someone in the world that, like, thinks that you can exchange likes for euros <laughs> somewhere. Oh, there's definitely a way to do it. If you know how to do this, I'm convinced it's like a Grand Theft Auto, like R2, R1, L2, L1, left, down, right, up, left, down, right, up sort of situation that you just do that and then you t- 
turn likes into money. Come here to me. Come here to you where? On this, do you remember the cheese code for Sonic the Hedgehog? On the Sega Mega Drive? No, I was too young to know that cheat codes existed Ah. at the time. But... Up, down, left, right, A, start. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's it. Do you remember... I used to have a version of Sonic the Hedgehog that had another, like, a cartridge top on top of it. That I think... I seem to vaguely remember you could put other cartridges into it. That's Sega Mega Drive. Yeah, but depending on what cartridge you put into the Sonic game, you would get a different character in it. I can remember who was there. Was it Knuckles? Yeah, I think you so. could get knuckles in one of the games if you put a different cartridge in on top of it, and it was—I used to think it was a life hack. Madness. There you go. Anyway, Madness. sixteen minutes into the podcast, and you have yet. Also, we got what the tweet. The we got the tweet. I was gonna refrain from mentioning the word masturbation for the third week in a row, <laughs> but I, there is no other word that can describe Sean Sheen's uh, feelings listen. for this fight. Vindication, I think, would be my f- word for this fight. Smugness. I was uh, I was right, like I was right. When you're right, you're right. When I'm you're right, you're tr- right, son. I'm only telling you, I'm only telling you the truth. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm going to throw this out there. Go on, throw it out there. I think that is exactly what Conor McGregor versus a fully fit Chad Mendes would have looked like as a fight. A <sighs> taller, more diverse striker who is as good use of his hands as he does his legs versus a smaller wrestler with an overhand shot. Yeah, pretty much. But like, I think MMA is a great sport for weeding out people who aren't as good as other people. If you know, like some people can, you you know, you can get to the top. Johnny Hendricks got to the top, but I don't. You know, I don't think he's the best fighter. Like I don't think Rafael dos Anjos is the best fighter in the world at his weight. You know, it, it happens. They get there, but I think they'll eventually always get shown up. And I think what Wonder Boy Thompson did to him was, was just that. Like, I think the best thing, I said on Twitter on Saturday night, I think the best thing to be in MMA is an elite striker who can stop the takedown and get out of the, from the clinch. Like, <clears throat> look at Anthony Pettis, very, very good striker. He can kind of stop the takedown a lot of the times, but he can't escape from the clinch. And that, that you know, that has kind of killed him. He got to the top, but he was taken as well. Like, I wonder by his few flaws, obviously, to his game. He's still improving his wrestling a lot. But now that it's at a level where he can stop someone like Johnny Hendricks from dominating him there, where his movement across the cage is so good, where his strikes are so accurate, Who's so his hard. movement coach? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's probably South Carolina's Ida Fortal. But, uh, you know, I thought it was just a, an absolutely phenomenal display. And it's one of those things that... People are kind of afraid to, you know, put themselves out there and say how good someone is until they beat someone like Johnny Hendricks. And, like, I think you can see it. I think you can, like, see it with guys like McGregor and like guys like Habib. You know, it always, doesn't always work out, but I'm amazed more people didn't see it with, with Wander by Tiwana. I'm, you know, okay, I'm, I'm gloating ah, here. Wait a minute. Did you just say what I think he said. <laughs> who else? Sean who else Sheehan. Nobody. Irish MMA's Rasputin Visionary Here Rasputin That's what you are Visionary Nobody else saw it It was only me But wonder by How how long have I been saying it? But that's the best thing about it 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 genuinely has become MMA Twitter's Kind of running joke Yeah That (laughs) Sean Sheehan Has a man crush on Wonderboy And it's 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 almost as if Like the early Uh the Gunnar Nelson prophecies from people around him, like from 2012 when first coming into the UFC around that time, was like 
very similar sort of vibe. Yeah, it's like but, expecting the pr- prophecy to be fulfilled by now. Yeah, but what I'm saying about like the elite striker thing, I think that's very, very true. If like if you can learn to stop the wrestlers from g- putting their games in, I think you know it's when I see guys who are like really, really good strikers like that. Even if they lose early, like I always, you know, I always have hope for him. Like even we spoke about Max Serge Holloway. No, I don't think he's an elite striker to be honest. But like, who else? Like you look at we spoke about it before. You look at like the, the rankings and all of them who have like gotten to the top. They're all like elite strikers. I think Dominic Cruz is obviously with his movement and his stuff as well. Elite striker, McGregor, elite striker, the uh, Aldo when he was there, elite striker, Robbie Lawler. I think he's bordering on it, but he's very good. I think Luke Rockall is the same. You know, John Jones, Gin Jacek, Holly Holm. They're like they're all elite strikers who have learned how to stop people from putting them against the cage and taking them down. And like, it's so dangerous. You can be a really, really, really good fighter. You can become a champion. You know, if you're a very, very good wrestler and if you've, you know, a good stand-up game. But to become a great fighter. I think you need great striking. Like, look at look at Fedor, look at Anderson Silva. They all, you know, they were all great strikers. I know Fedor was, you know, samba guy as well, and, and it was really great like that. But George St. Pierre, even so, I think he became, you know, a really great striker. Um, it's 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 actually MMA is moving on as well to remember we, we MMA dominated is going there. back to specialism, but it, it's gone back to where everyone has. A similar base and where everyone's good and it's the you know the eliteness is sticking out and elite striking i think is the best thing to be elite at in mma today like i went it was jujitsu at the start obviously with high scrace and all and i think for the last maybe 10 years before the last three or four it was wrestling i think wrestlers were running we saw gsp was you know i said he was a great striker but he was a great wrestler as well you know lots of great wrestlers there can wrestle Velasquez. when he was younger yeah, but he, you know, he went and and trained with the national teams and stuff, and, and became a great wrestler. But I think now it's really there has a, there's been a, a significant change in, in paradigm from those wrestlers to elite strikers, and I think that's uh, brilliant. But what did you what did you think of Wanda by anyway? You picked him, though, didn't you? You I thought did. he was going to win. I did. Yeah. I'm not too sure if I picked him because I was on the the love buzz that you were promoting. Yeah, it's infectious. Or if it's that I dislike Johnny Hendricks as a fighter. Because we spoke of Johnny Hendricks' change in style, as in going from the guy that was literally willing to try and murder people savagely in the cage en route to the title, you said something good about guys maybe getting to the championship level and then it's harder to to stay there because Dos Anjos on that point is not the best 155er. There's probably three or four guys in the division who could beat him. Um... And I figured you were on the verge of giving Khabib a shout out. Yeah, I think Khabib beat him. I think yeah, Khabib's already beaten him. Like uh, he, I think he beat him again. I think McGregor beat him. You know, there's a lot of tough. Uh, he's a very good fighter. Like don't get me wrong, but I think you know he's very beatable. Forget about him though. We need to talk about Wonderboy. Here yeah, we go. I, I do think that uh, from that fight at the weekend, my most anticipated matchup that I'd like to see from here on out is not him for the title. Condit. Yes. I'd love to see that fight. Too. That I think would that's be an absolute cracker of a fight. You also... I don't know. Something about me would love to see him fight Nick Diaz. Jeez, I'd watch, I'd watch that. that. Isn't it amazing, though? a serious fight. A month ago, I was laughed at for saying Wonderboy could become the, 
No, but don't, no, worry, don't worry. He won't. Don't worry. He will. Your it's, prediction it's inevitable. Your prediction won't come true. But even the thought of it, like even him getting a title shot. But look, you know, that's it, kind of what I'm saying, though. Again, you're, like yourself, the, a Carl Pinder, giving out to me on Twitter. All come I'm on, saying, all I'm it. saying is, perfect opponent for Wonderboy to be able to showcase what he's very good at. I'll be honest. I think Johnny Hendricks was the toughest matchup, and I said it on the, uh, last week. And I, I still but that's say, I think only it's under the imp- it's like it's only the toughest matchup under the impression that his wrestling may not stand up. It's yeah. the exact same way that we thought before the Chad Mendes fight that the wrestling isn't going to be that big of an issue. And it was because, because people say stuff like "Oh, Connor can't wrestle," and then we uh, whether it's through the Irish scene or the like. Just hearing about Connor's training and things like that, you knew that Connor is a decent, like, is a good wrestler. Like, it would be hard to take him down and put him down. Yeah, but the thing about the both of them is wrestling is obviously, a, you know, a factor for them. That's why I wonder why McGregor's obviously been working on it as well. But he still got taken down against Chad Mendes. Like, m- m- uh, wonder why he got murked against Matt Brown for three rounds. But like, <clears throat> the, people improve, and I, I think he's improving awful. Like, but. If there's a way to beat Wonderboy, I think that's it. Like Johnny Hendricks tries to get inside, you know, he got he got a hold of him at one stage and he couldn't put him down. So like, okay, m- maybe people Wonderboy will learn wouldn't finish from that. Diaz though, and I think Diaz and Condit would be very very hard fights for him in term even from a striking point of view. I don't think so. I I think he's head and shoulders above every, anyone in the UFC, any division. I I think he's the best striker in the UFC to be honest. He, like people are just kind of realizing it now, but like. Go back and watch Sean that Edinburgh fight. Cre- credibility of <laughs> like Wonderboy's credibility to slip now in twenty five minutes already because it was like yeah good win over Hendricks. Let's listen to Sean Sheehan talk about some nice measured discussion <laughs> about the victory. Maybe not gloat about it too much. Maybe, you know Johnny but Hendricks. I'm, not, tough I'm, guy I'm saying what I believe. To, oh wait, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is the best striker in all of MMA. Who's better? What? Who's better? Anthony Pettis. No. Conor McGregor. No. Anderson Silva. McGregor's close. Anderson Silva's finished. Wonderboy's the best. Like, look at him. 67 and all as a kickboxer. KJ Noons. Did did you see that kick he hit Johnny Hendricks with in the jaw? Oh, it was beautiful. Beautiful. Perfect. Like, his game is so good. And it's not just his striking. Uh, This word is a dirty word now, but his movement. Because it's, you know, when you think movement, you think Edo Portal. But no, I mean, he's like his foot movement. Genuinely. Genuinely, genuinely. Sorry, I've said the word genuinely three times in a couple of seconds there. What was Edo Portal nominated for? <laughs> at Fighters Only Award, Rack. yeah, they're they're bullshit. But like up. that is the perfect way for people to question the validity or the legitimacy or the prestige of the award. I'm not taking away uh, taking away from it, but when you have a panel or someone who uh, like a group of people that will select, like that that sit down and throw this up, and they look at Journalist of the Year, and it's like Ariel is a clear cut winner every single time, and that's in my opinion, no dispute. But then you have someone like Brent Brookhouse on the list, who's an editor now and doesn't really write stories and used to write brilliant stories when he was at Bloody Elbow about like proper things in MMA and then all of a sudden goes to MMA Junkie where there's a bit of a relationship with the UFC and all of these pieces dry up. Do you know, like what, like why is that person getting a nomination? Do you know what I mean? And then if you look at... Uh, Ido getting a nomination for coach of the year. That is insulting to people, to MMA coaches, to trainers, to coaches around the world to have you know someone who, like that nominated. You know who like, won that award? Who won it? 
Mike Dolce. Yeah. Oh fuck me! Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. You're actually you are you're joking though. No, he did. You wanna? <laughs> no, that's a joke. No, he did. Wait a minute. It's true. I'm not lying. I'm not lying to you. Rafael Cordero won coach, trainer of the year, or whatever, and he won whatever it was. Coach. No, it was coach of the year. He was up for trainer of the year. Ido and Mike Dolce, and the other one was coach of the year. So, what is the definition of a coach? Coach is like your head coach, I suppose. Like the John Cavan as the Rafael Cordero as the Javier Mendes, Greg Jackson. Okay, so not train. the person that Trainers gives you like, uh, that gives you bogey substances to cut weight. Like, oh, that's not it. Yeah. But you know who's fighter of the year next year? Fucking Wonderboy. That's that's. I'm all. sorry, we must stop this podcast because I'm in shock. <laughs> oh God. Jesus Christ, lads! I must be in with a good shout for coach of the year next year. Then Damian Rooney is it? No, uh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. Taking Damian Rooney all the way to the top. Uh-huh. I'll expect my nomination and victory. My God! And by the way, that was throwback. Absolutely no slight to someone like Brent Brookhouse. And the slightest, I'm more so taking the piss out of the the awards in itself. Is yeah. that that's clear enough? That's fair. Okay, fair anyway, enough. Anyway, let, let's we dive diverse there for your rant, but Johnny Hendricks. Mike fucking told shit, Sean. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, go on. Do you know, last week we gave out about like, well, you you so much more. Than <laughs> Do me. you know the way we? Well, <laughs> you give out, Andrew. About like Ryan Bader coming out and wrestling, and you know not doing much else what do you think about Johnny Hendricks's performance do you like think Johnny Hendricks probably got out there realised within the first co- I think the the kick to the stomach followed by the kick to the head like one after the other I think that was when Hendricks realised there was no way he was winning that fight yep. for a man that can't use his strikes to close distance to try and wrestle do you know what I mean Johnny Hendricks's style has always been around a bull rush takedown a rugby style takedown, a big double leg, sorry, a big double leg that's going to put you down. It's not set up beautifully with strikes and level changes. And then once you come up against someone who's able to kick you, like stick his big toe up your nose from his, the maximum length of his foot away with perfect accuracy, then uh, your style isn't going to work. Johnny Hendricks, the, what he did, the one his cage offense, that's exactly what he had to do. And the way that he was going to try to take him down by pushing him up against the cage, dropping down for a single, and then maybe wearing the knees down, uh, wearing the legs down with knees, trying to pick him off the cage then to get him down. That's pretty much the only thing Johnny Hendricks could have done. And once it didn't work the first time, combined with the fact that he was getting outstruck pretty easily early on, I think Johnny Hendricks gave up. The biggest problem for Johnny Hendricks, I think, was he wasn't. He was fighting Wonder Boy. Exactly, but he wasn't just being beaten with kicks by Wonderboy. He was also being beaten in the exchanges when they came in close. Like that's where you'd expect Johnny Hendricks maybe to land his big left hand when there's a striking exchange in the pocket. But no, Wonderboy was beating him every time in those exchanges. He was landing combinations of punches as well as his kicks, and I, I, he landed one beautiful right hook just before the ending sequence that rocked Johnny Hendricks. And he like he landed a couple of shots like that, and I think. That was what I was more most impressed about with Wonderboy, his improvements in his hands as well. You know, because karate, you know, it, it's mostly kicking and it, it's that's what he's good at as you know, as a kickboxer. Look at all his highlights, they're all his kicks. But his hands have been improve, improving an awful lot. Um I, th- I think he knocked out Robert Whitaker as well with his hands um last night. It was the left hook that knocked out Johnny Hendricks when he was up against the cage. I thought I thought that was brilliant. Like as you said, Hendricks 
you know, he got caught with that kick to the face and he was like, oh shit, I'm in a fight. And then when he kind of plowed forward again, then Wonderboy started countering him and hit him with his hands and he's like, what am I going to do? And he tried to, you know, he tried to take him down before that, couldn't take him down. Like, I was talking to Graham about it and he was like, oh, Johnny Hendricks, you know, he kind of gave up, like, you know, he, 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 there was nothing he could do. Why didn't he keep pushing Wonderboy against the fence? And, he couldn't do it because Wonderboy was he was his lateral movement was getting him out. Oh, Hendricks, Hendricks, breaking news! Let me finish this and then you can set it. Hendricks couldn't close the distance with him because he was running away from him sideways. He couldn't strike because Wonderboy was dodging his strikes and countering him, and he couldn't take him down. So he had nothing got to do with it. Wonderboy just absolutely destroyed him, and he's a he's a contender now. Okay, what's the breaking news? Daniel Bryan is retired from the WWE. Oh, I saw that, yeah. But I hopefully it's a storyline. Hopefully. That would have to be, a st- like, that is awful news if it's true. I was talking to David Bix there because I heard, like, rumours about him being injured and stuff, but he told me that um, <coughs> Daniel Bryan has got, like, He was cleared by four doctors, though, yeah, apparently. But the WWE, he, apparently he lied to WWE doctors about having a concussion last year. And then um, he they put him on notice, and then he came back and they said he you know he was still fucked up, but then he got cleared by other doctors, and there was a big dispute about it. So they must have either, you know, someone someone uh, shit or twisted, as they say. So he he's either going to be retiring tonight and it's real, or he's um, up there with Edge's retirement. Going to be coming back. Remember that Mark Henry one, though, where he was like, he said he was retiring. And then Johnny. Was that before or after he started fucking May Young? What? Do you not remember that storyline from years ago? No. Mark Henry, sexual chocolate. He was in a relationship with May Young. It's the most revolting. That poor woman must be some trooper. Mm. Anyway, who's the the best wrestler to to get taken out this week? So, Johnny Hendricks or Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan, <laughs> obviously. Um, aside from that, though, uh, Wonderboy, whoever, we'll see where the cards will fall from next. I am not as uh, hopeful as you are maybe about him Wonderboy. getting a title shot next. I don't think he'll get a title shot next, to be no. honest. No. What do you think? Where does I, the future lay for? And look at it this way. The one yeah. impressive thing that I will give uh, Wonderboy over that victory is look at the amount of people that weren't even able to knock down Johnny Hendricks. Yeah. I saw someone put that on Twitter during the week. It was retweeted. Serious level of people. And then it's like, list of people who have knocked out Johnny Hendricks. Stephen Thompson. Mm-hmm. He went five rounds with GSB, ten rounds with Robbie Lawler. None of them knocked him down even. Unbelievable. But I think next, I really think GSP is going to come back and I think he's going to fight uh, Robbie Lawler for the title. Um, I think I think maybe you put Wonderboy against uh, Carlos Condit. You know, if Robbie Lawler GSP is in UFC 200, why not? You, you know, Robbie Lawler or um, Carlos Condit against uh, Dwanderby would make a good headliner, wouldn't it, for one of those shows the night before or two nights before? There's probably going to be three, you know, three shows that week. Again. I think Ian Jacek and uh, Gedelia is headlining one of them. So Condit against uh, Wanderby would probably be a good headliner for the other one, I think. Like, people say, talk about Tyron Woodley as well. When was the last time Tyron Woodley fought? Like, how can you give He's him? He's sitting waiting for his chance, man. Yeah, I don't think he deserves. Tyron Woodley chance. versus Wonderboy would be hilarious. It'd be, it'd be so easy for Wonderboy. I think. I you know I don't rate Tyron Woodley that, you know that well. And you look what Rory McDonald did to him. Like he absolutely crushed him. And I don't think 
uh, with his striking. And I don't think Rory McDonald, you know, I think Rory McDonald is probably the hardest matchup at welterweight for Wonderboy, but I don't think Rory McDonald is as good a pure striker as Wonderboy. And if Wonderboy fought Woodley, it would turn into a pure striking match because Woodley isn't taking him down. Like, Johnny Hendricks is a better wrestler than Woodley. But, like, Woodley hasn't fought since. January 31st, 2015, a whole year he hasn't fought. And he fought Kelvin Gastelum in that fight where Kelvin Gastelum missed weight and looked terrible. And it was Don Young Gim who fought before that in 2014. Like, it's the and it was Rory last before that. You don't, he doesn't deserve a title. Exactly. Chat. It's the equivalent yeah. of like me winning a tournament last February and re- like being like, yeah, won that tournament. And there's been so many other important tournaments since then that you just didn't do. And it's like, even though the people that you beat in that last tournament have obviously gotten better than you and could probably beat you now, it's like, yeah, man, I won that tournament. Just 10 years. Like, Ross O'Carroll Kelly going on about his Leinster Senior uh, School's rugby medal. Have you ever read those books? No. No? All right. Well, that point. Well, we have genuine, intelligent people that listen to this podcast, Sean, so they will have read the books and uh, know the joke uh, that I'm making. Actually, once my friend died when I was in college, he read, like, a whole chapter of Ross O'Carroll Kelly in, like, a D4 Dublin accent which was funny and I enjoyed it but that was it that's the extent of your uh, relationship with him yeah so let's go to the most uh, other important fight on that card you know I feel like I've been hard hard done by here but at least there will be no expectation on the next media member that gets into the UFC so that's (laughs) a a big bonus for me Uh, yourself and Dave Fogarty are safe you can't do much worse than Mike Jackson anyway in fairness oh my god uh, yeah. Look, we all knew what this match was. Shout right? outs to those that uh, took advantage of the Paddy Power slip up. Mm-hmm. Not really. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, oh, but were you sick? I was sick enough, but I put I put the money on Mickey Gall to win anyway in the first round, and so I won one for, of um, anyway. for those that don't know, Paddy Power put up a mispriced market on was it Method and. Double method. And Mickey Gall by a first round, either K or no, Mickey Gall by either K or submission. Fourteen to one. Yeah. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. And, and Bets were void. Bricks. Illegal. Can't fucking do that. You should frauds. Cowboys. PS and I wouldn't do that. Would no, that? no, they would not. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Mickey Gall took. <clears throat> he hit Jackson with a big right hand, took him down, submitted him fairly easily. Like held on to the choke. Yeah, talk was before it that Mike Jackson. If it hits the ground, it's over. So that practically is what happened. He had one shot to land on Mickey Gall, and if he didn't land that, it was that. But um, are you okay with this whole, you know, one fight fighting in the UFC and this whole yeah? CM Punk? We haven't talked about the CM Punk thing in a long time. You know, because CM Punk has been away. I kind of I go, I go I I change my opinion on this. A lot of things. Like at the start, I was like, ah, I don't want to see him funk there. And then I was like, ah, okay, it'll be kind of fun. And now I'm kind of, I just want to see him fight. I'm looking forward to what he looks like. You know, I, I think Mickey Gall is actually good the same. as a fighter. Come oh. on. Come on, Andrew. I thought you're you meant. Better, you're better <laughs> than that, Andrew. <laughs> what do you think of Mickey Gall, though? I think he looked good enough. No, but that's it. Did he? <laughs> he was fighting a journalist. Yeah, true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> you have to take that into consideration as well. Man who virtually admitted he had no ground game. Yeah, he That's... did it basically to get on the MMA meetings. <laughs> yeah, no, he did it so Ariel would interview him. Yeah. That's all, like, that is literally all it was. I do think, though, I'm in favour of seeing stuff like this in the UFC because the UFC has abandoned its roots. 
it's not a premier fighting organization where the best fighter gets rewarded and gets the most money. It's not anymore. This sh- like it's on its way to being called sports entertainment as much as the WWE is. Only it's shoot wrestling. It's real. It's actual fights. Yeah. The business making decisions, the logic decisions, a lot of the things aren't what's best in terms of a pure budo fighting spirit. Uh, maybe like it was intended upon when the Gracies were in charge of it and matchmaking and one night tournaments and who's the best fighter deliberately rigged to our style of martial art that's going to become brilliant. Um, so I don't see why people are upset. Appreciate what you're like. It'd be different if someone like Cage Warriors were doing it. Or smaller promotions that maybe are trying to be bigger than they actually are. They're just putting fights on. Do you know what I mean? The UFC are just... I don't know if I'm explaining it clear enough here. But do you see the angle that I'm coming from? Like, don't be annoyed when the product... The product isn't what you're trying to make it out to be. So don't be annoyed when it goes down the exact route that it should be going down. In terms of getting people's eyes on it. Get like... Who wouldn't like... Think of some celebrity matchups you could make in the UFC like... Shaq against someone. Do you know what I mean? Why not? Mixed martial like mixed martial arts is fun. It's yeah. enjoyable to watch. Do you know what I mean? Why not piss off your lower level tier low level tier fighters by letting CM Punk come in on a ridiculous contract? Like this is what I mean. The UFC can do that if they want. That's the way it's going for them to make the most money as possible. But what happens now when an exodus of your fighters walk out of the company in the next two years because a professional wrestler clears seven figures in his first fight and you've got people that can't afford to even like live because they might only fight one time a year yeah look the UFC are shooting me, themselves in the foot here so let them do it we will reap the benefits uh, we'll watch it for me look obviously they're going to pay CM Punk good money because he's famous and you know he's going to bring money so like if you bring money you deserve to earn good money so that's fair enough but you know if you, you on your, your thing there you bring Shaq in again to fight someone no, you know, I don't want to see freak shows like that in the UFC. It's grand name. Like, in Bellator, I can deal with it. I don't really like it that much. But, like, you know, Ken Shamrock, Heist Gracie, it's fucking stupid. But, like, fair enough. Bell- that's Bellator. But I don't think UFC really, you know, they don't do that too much. They had James Tony come in. Okay, he's a boxer. He's, you know, he's a fighter. $400,000 couldn't disclose purse for James Tony as well in that fight, I believe. Yeah, I think even with CM Punk. I think they've gone about it the right way. You know, CM Punk has gone in, he's getting a full training camp. They did this show to fight to find a young fighter who's coming up. Someone, you know, on an even playing field with CM Punk who, you know, as a fighter, who has, you know, minimal experience, two pro fights, and he's gonna fight like I think that's okay. Look okay, maybe it shouldn't be on the UFC UFC should be a premium product. That fight should have been an exhibition fight at the weekend. The fact that a fighter has a pro oh, record yeah. on his fight is an absolute disgrace. Fighting someone that has never fought. Well, he has fought MMA before or just he's, kickboxing? He's fought amateur MMA and he's fought kickboxing and stuff. Still. Like look, at, like, look at Irish pros that work very hard. Do you know what I mean? Look at... Ah, I'm not even going to get into that. Yeah, but there's lads fighting in Irish pros that, you know, haven't been training for a year, have they? And say they might have come from a kickboxing background or something. There's and they no, well. no pros in Ireland that aren't genuine pros. Because, and it's probably, like... No, but like I'm saying, with minimal experience, like me, um, Mike Jackson has enough experience, like as a kickboxer. There isn't people who just come straight from kickboxing, come over and you know train him for a while and then go in and have a fight against someone of serious, similar line kind of level. But it's not for a while because he had the amateur MMA fight in 2012. 
So in but yeah, I suppose. But like he's been doing kickboxing and Muay Thai and stuff since then. I don't know. Leaves uh, like that's it. It leaves a sour taste in my mouth. That's all. And at the same time, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth because I'm coming at it from the point of view that I think the best fighter should be rewarded with the most money and also the mo- best opportunities. See, beyond, the only argument like this is, is that it's happening in the UFC. Like if Mickey Gall fought Mike Jackson in Bama or Cage Warriors, there wouldn't be an eyelid batted like. That's fair. You have a one and all fighter fighting an all and all fighter. That, like there's exactly. fights like that happening yeah. in Bama coming up. But it's the fact that it's happening in the UFC. Like there's an, I don't think there's anything like egregious about the actual matchup. It's just that we you know we want the UFC to be the premium product, and I think it is almost all the time. You know, okay, that has changed over the last few years because you know of the expanded roster. There simply isn't enough uh, fighters in the world who are good enough to be absolute elite fighters like that. And obviously, this is an, another step down towards it. But we know the reason. Like we, this is CM Punk's. They signed CM Punk so he could do this because he wanted to do it. He want like it was a bucket list thing for him. But I, you know, okay, if you want to be mad about that, fair enough. But I think they've gone about giving him his bucket list list wish the right way. You know, they've got a guy who's an actual MMA fighter, like who's just a young guy, you know, trying to make it as a fighter. And he, CM Punk is an old guy trying to make it as a fighter. And uh, you know, I'm okay with it. We we know the reason why it's happening. But if you just look at it, like it's two guys. Similar, you know, similar levels having a fight. I can't be too mad about that. Can't be too mad about it. There you go. Well, what? I'm just not, on, go on. on Mike Jackson. He, I say fair play to Mike Jackson, like, because he took his opportunity well. In oh, fairness, he's gone on. Doubt, I would have done the exact same thing as he did. I'd take a beating for that money. Graham is ringing me. Oh? Graham is ringing me. Answer, put him on the podcast. Hello, Graham. Oh, I missed the call. Fuck Oh, uh, ring him back and put it on a loudspeaker. No, I have no credit on that ring him oh, back. Oh, cheap man. On, Mike Jackson anyway. I did the exact same thing Mike Jackson did. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Massive exposure, even for yourself in future. Like, just take it. Go out. Like, this is what life's about, Sean, you know? Yeah. Just these experiences. Like, fair play to him. I do not begrudge him in the slightest for taking the fight. Yeah, me neither. And, like, and he's not just... He didn't just take the fight... Like, he did really well to get, you know, a lot of publicity. Or if he got on the MMA, I think he was on the MMA or today even. Um, you know, he's, he went to the press conference afterwards, asked the question. Like, that's that's a good, you know, it's a bit gimmicky. Like, and <laughs> but he, you Not know. as cool as Snoop Dogg asking questions at the uh, and at the Super Bowl pre-media really? days. Yeah. What a great man. But, like, fair, fair play to Mike Jackson, you know. I think he actually, Patrick just texted me there. He called out Artem Labov and the... On the um, MMA today, so I suppose we can transition over to that. But I don't think he's getting that fight. I don't think he'll probably get another fight in the UFC. That would be brilliant. Well, that'd be funny. Back <laughs> um, wants to get a win. Are we what? We're transitioning on to Artem's fight. Yeah, what did you make it. of it? I thought it was pretty bad, to be honest. Yeah, uh, to be so. honest, it looked a lot like it was very weird. Like I've seen Artem lose fights in similar manners in Europe. Yeah but never from a striking point of view like that. He's always just been held held down. When he's beaten like that in unanimous decisions, it's a guy that's been able to kill a fight, not make it exciting. But it seemed like Artem had plenty of opportunities standing up with him. Caught a couple of shots, but a lot of the shots just seemed a little off, like a second late, a second early. Like 
throwing throwing with so much wind and gusto that he was nearly like spinning around himself after he missed the shot. Do you know there was definitely so definitely looked like something was up there. I'm not saying that that's Artem Lobov's level and he shouldn't be in the UFC. Furthest thing from it, but I don't know. It's it's a strange one. Yeah, look, I think Lobov actually started fairly well. He was plowing forward like you know, like he he does a lot, um, landing a couple of shots. But I think um, Alex White, he's a good boxer, and we, we, like we said last, I thought Lobov would beat him because I thought he'd be able to land the shots, but. White was very intelligent in that he waited and let Lobov come on to him. And he kind of forced Lobov to fight. You know, Lobov likes, he likes countering and, you know, he likes his hands low, enticing a guy in and he'll counter him. But, you know, he, for, he forced Lobov to fight in a pressure way, even though Lobov was doing pretty well in the start. But he, you know, White timed all his pressure attacks. He timed all the shots that were coming in. And even, you know, even though Lobov did well at the start, White stayed with him. He stayed in a way that he wasn't going to get knocked out because I think, you know, people people know now with Lobov. Yeah, exactly. He was with the, in with and the out. Three KOs, yeah. With the three KOs Lobov got in the, the, the tough house, he's kind of put him put a marker on, a, on himself that usually wouldn't be there for a fighter, you know, of his caliber coming into the UFC new. Uh, obviously, the McGregor thing is that he's friends with him. So people know him, you know, a lot better than than other fighters might. And obviously, and Alex White. you know, Alex White, yeah, he kept it close and then he got the takedown late, which won him round, did the same in the second round. I think by the, the end of the second round and third, you know, he just kind of had taken over and he was winning all the striking exchanges and you know, Lobov is you said there, you know, you're not saying he's UFC level. I you know, I think he's very borderline to be honest. Um you know, he's he's an exciting fighter, but I don't think he's ever gonna be a very, very good fighter or a great fighter. you know, he's people give out about his record. He's taken a lot of He's taken a lot of um, short notice fights and stuff, but I think the higher level, I don't, you know, the UFC level, they're still lightweight, you know, lightweight and featherweight. If he's fighting, there are very, very tough divisions, and you know, I don't think there's many fights to be honest. He can he can win in the UFC, and I don't, I think it's going to be hard for him to keep his job after losing the first two. The problem about it um, for him is that he does not strike me and has never come across as someone who would look at his own style and think. I need to fight differently for a certain fight. Yeah. Or I can't go into this fight the way I normally go into my fight. That's a huge problem as well. And that is a problem. And especially yeah, towards the UFC level, especially towards the guys that he would be expected to fight in here. Like if Artem fought a wrestler now next week, collegiate wrestler, he'd still go out and fight the exact same way. If he fought a taekwondo black belt, he'd still fight the exact same way. If he fought someone in a gi in a judo competition, he'd still go out and fight the exact same way. And it's a testament to himself. It's exciting. It's entertaining. But unfortunately for stuff like that in the UFC when losses are very important and you can't really afford to take too many of them or you'll be cut. Um, That being said, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if he was given one more chance uh, sometime this year in Europe. So um, all the best to him. I'm not as uh, doom and gloom on it. I do think that Artem is capable of winning fights in the UFC and putting a sort of a, a run together that means his next loss won't result in a cut but I don't know kind of remains to be seen yeah I, yeah I think there's fights he can win in the UFC don't get me wrong but I don't think there's that many to be honest and you know he need, we spoke about it last week that I was saying like he could be you know win one lose one maybe lose two win two kind of type of fighter in the UFC but it was all predicated on, on last week 
to be honest, there isn't that many that much easier fights in, in the UFC than Alex White. Like I think it was kind of the same when Paul Redmond got um uh what's his name? Whiteford. Whiteford, yeah. I think I don't think there's many easier fights in Federer than Whiteford either, even though he's improved a little bit since then. But when you lose to someone that caliber it's you know, it it's hard to keep your job after that when you when you've lost two in a row. But look, hopefully he gets he gets another shot at it. It'd be nice to see him get another shot at it. Um and uh you know, maybe something short notice comes up, as you said. There's a few European cards coming up. King of short notice fights. So maybe get one of them and get another knockout and save the day. And again, and finally, in that, are we expecting too much from Artem? Is that like Irish fighters in general? Do you think a lot of them are cursed, plagued a little bit by the fact that Connor was the first notable one in? I know we've spoke about it before, especially on his teammates. Like, the, Kyle Pendred suffered from it a lot. That people were like, he was the first guy in after Connor, so already had more of an expectation on his shoulders, especially from the Irish fans. Yeah. Are we over I, overestimating I, I, the ability? I think Kyle did, but I think Kyle kind of took the brunt of it, unfortunately for him, for the kind of the rest of them. You know, like, who. I thought Artem would win that fight at the weekend because I thought White would brawl with him. You know, when when he didn't brawl with him, it was going to be very hard for him to win it. Arden you know, looked very tired, actually, I thought, towards the end of the third round. Like, jet, like exhausted. But, like, I don't think anyone's ever expecting him to win, to definitely win any fights. You know, he's in, in the UFC against, against level, top-level guys like that. Unless you're, you know, you know absolutely nothing about it altogether. Like, it's tough as well because, you know, he got a very tough fight against... Um, Against uh, Ryan Hall as well, which like if it was probably any of the other guys from the shows he, from the show, he probably would have won. Uh, if he got um, who was he supposed to fight again? The English guy whose name escapes me. I know he lost him before, but I think he he could have won that fight. And uh, obviously this weekend's fight wasn't great, but I, the expectation the Irish fighters, yeah, you know, I took think Pinder took away I took a lot of it, but you know. Obviously, Reds are lost his first two fights as well. Paddy Hoolan has a little bit of it as well. But I think people kind of, you know, see him as kind of a guy that's younger and still improving. Neil Seary, obviously, has, has done pretty well, probably done better than most people's expectations of him. But, yeah, like, I, I think you have a good point about it being realistic. Like, all Irish fighters are not going to be Conor McGregor. Let, let's be honest, there, there, aren't, there aren't many fighters in the world who are Conor McGregor's level and... We have, you know, we have some very good fighters. I think, you know, and I think especially the two, uh, the two flyweight guys are very good. We've Joseph Duffy as well, obviously, and, and Ashling Daly is one of the ranked fighters in the world. So I think we're doing pretty well. Guess what? What? My mom just walked into the room and gave me a hot water bottle because it's cold. So you lucky bastard! It's under my feet as we speak. Nice. Because my feet were freezing. All I had to do was text her and tell her to get out of bed to make me a hot water bottle. <laughs> I actually, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Uh, I, I don't believe you. Anyway, what's next? What's the crack? Yeah. Any Just story? A little bit on the, the rest of the card here. It was I know. shit. It was shit. Look, the, Roy Man, Nelson. so pumped for Roy Nelson. <laughs> Roy Nelson, Muay Thai expert. See those vicious uh, leg kicks. Uh, those Royal buckling Royal. leg kicks. Poor old Roy. I didn't think that fight was as bad as everyone, everyone no, thought. No, I'll, I'll admit. It was actually... Um, do you want to go first? Yeah, I think Ryan Nelson... He, Ryan Nelson, his last few fights, he showed improvements in his game. But those improvements 
didn't actually really work for him that well. Like against Josh Barnett, he went to the United decision. Like he tried, he was taking trying to take Barnett down a lot. Was trying to be, you know, he he was trying to be more um, selective with his right hand, big right hand and stuff. Same against Overeem, and you know, he he did show improvements even in those losses, and he kind of regressed from those improvements. But I think it actually might have won him the fight, if that makes any sense. Like he he fought in a very defensive way for the whole fight, you know, a low stance, trying to stop Rashad swinging his overhand, which wasn't he wasn't timing very well. But I think he he fought in a manner. <clears throat> that won him the fight. In a, in a tough, that's a tough match. Like J- J- Jared Rashalt, you know, he might have the biggest name. He might be the best fighter in the world, but he's a good wrestler, and he's the type of guy that beats Ryan Nelson. Like, so uh, you know, I give credit to Ryan for fighting a fight. That's a winning fight. Um, even though you know he mightn't has look uh, have looked as well rounded a mixed martial artist as he did before. You know, I, I struggle to fault a guy for fighting a fight that gets you to win. What about his coach with probably the best advice I've ever heard from a corner man in history? What did he say? He said mm-hmm. in the third round, in between, yeah, in between the second and third round, he said, you need a level change and come up with a right. And I'm going to shout takedown beforehand so you can level change so he thinks we're going for the takedown and then you punch him. <laughs> <laughs> what a great man. That is Lovely. like, that's a, imagine uh, someone's coach screaming takedown and you actually faking level change and think, oh, I'm gonna, he's going to try to take me down. Then whack, overhand right. Perfect. Yeah. Ideal. Like- Roy Nelson's leg kicks though. That's the newest thing in 2016. No, Andrew. Do you know what is the newest thing of 2016? No, Sean, I do not. It's BeanieBasher.com Oh, hashtag sponsored post Hashtag sponsored tweet Addictive Hand-eye coordination tool Made for a mixed martial artist Improved striking And you know how much it is, Andrew? How much? Ten of the Queen's best pounds BeanieBasher.com Thought you were trying to get a bit of a bit of reaction out of me there when you said the Queen's best pounds. Yeah, sure. You don't, isn't that the currency you work with? No, there, no. I live in Dundalk. All oh, right, sorry. That's in the south. Anyway, it's in the Republic.com. Beaniebasher.com. They accept both euro and uh, punt. No, and not yen. Punt, sterling. <laughs> and punt. yen. Oh my god. <laughs> do you still get bottles of Sidona down in the pub? Do you? Oh, I love a bottle glass of bottles of Sidona. Beaniebasher.com. Time for a few questions, Sean, I think. Yes, indeed. What do you think? A relatively light edition of the podcast this week. We're at 58 minutes now. Knowing our luck, it'll go for another hour. But yeah. I, um, I've got jiu-jitsu in a little while, so we uh, rescheduled. Also, Sean Sheen has asked me, what is the first question of the show? What will he get for dinner right now? I think, I'm, I think I'll go with pizza. Barbecue pizza. From where? From uh, We've established ke- you have no dominoes. <laughs> Kebab point. There's a place called it's, Stadium West. Nice it's called what? Kebab Pint. And I there's thought place you said pizza Kebab Pint. Well, Pint. P-O-I-N-T. Mm. Before we get on to the questions, can we yeah. actually address Pizzi's Pint from the group chat? Yes, we should. we never did. So, I'm not going to play the voice messages that he sent to us, but they were very entertaining. Yeah, they were. And he said, I'm just trying to think of the examples. Um, uh, so, Amer- Yeah, so... Americans, from watching the Super Bowl, Pizzi gathered, Americans speak very weird. So, when you're talking about an American football game, 
the defense was playing very well. Yeah. But if you're in suits, if you're in court, it's your defense. Your defense yeah. counsel. Other examples? Um, semi, semi final, semi final, or semi final. I, I don't think they say I don't know semi. if they do it. Yeah, yeah, actually, maybe that might be. That was my example. Sought out. There was other um, ones. Uh, let me let me get it. Offense and offense. The offense yeah. had a great attack there. Or you've a sp- John Jones has a speeding offense. Yeah, and he call you calls me great offense. You cause me massive offense. Yeah. Doesn't work. Explain it to us. We have American listeners. We'd we don't like know. to know. Because yeah. we're like, you probably get confused when we say, what's the crack to each other? Yeah. And Sean's not replying, yeah, man, I got a nice batch of Kedin, do you know, or cooking meth there in the kitchen the other day. <laughs> That's not what what we mean. Dapping. I was doing some dapping there. Dabbing. Um, yeah, dabbing. Is it dabbing or something? Dabbing, yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> there we go. We'd like to know. If you have it, or maybe... Oh my God! Sky Sports live and oh well, live and live is a similar enough one, but that's yeah. that's okay. But we'll just think of a. Uh, if you have any suggestions, hit us up before next week's podcast. We'll read a couple of them out at Severe MMA Pod on Twitter. But, Pizza Carol, or or at Pizza Carol, just to yeah. annoy him. Um, we might as well go with the man who had the first question in. Apologies massively to Andy Cowan one on Twitter. We didn't ask his question out last week. He's gutted. But he has one already for this week. How is Joe Riggs still fighting in the UFC? Naked pictures of Dana White. Joe Riggs isn't even that old. He's just been around for fucking ages. He's only like 31 or something. But uh, I think they probably wanted to take him off Bellator because Bellator had him on spike for ages. And then they were like, ah, yeah, fuck, we'll fuck with Bellator. And then they kind of just kept him for a while. Speaking of Bellator then, Mr. Podge... Friend of the podcast, especially Definitely. after his barrage of questions this week and his excellent quote, his excellent poll that he set up on uh, on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> he wants a couple of questions. We'll pick out of the best here. Surely King Mo would be a favorite in a fight with Fedor if it happened at this stage. I agree. Yeah, um, yeah, I think he probably would. That's a good fight, though. I'd watch that. Um, next one is Edmund Tarverdian's CSAC suspension finally an excuse for Ronda to get a new coach. I think he got his license back, didn't he? Was it not revoked? Oh, well. Yeah, but then he had to, he was revoked. So I we found out about it when he was reapplying to get it. And he got it. I think so. But just Google that. Uh, I'll ask. Yeah, we'll ask the us. next question. Pull it up there because this was from February 3rd. So yes, you, do you care that much about it? No, Eddie, I don't care. Someone Eddie else Tarverdian. can look it up. <laughs> yeah, no, um, Best of all, who would win in a fight between 3Mobile, the PSNI and Andrew McGahan? Hashtag friend of the podcast. Well, You'll be there. happy to know the poll yeah. results are in. Um, although they're not tagged on. I believe I won with 56% of the votes. There was a couple of hundred votes as well. That was probably the best part about it. So thank you for me, my family, all my training partners. Um, I voted for the PSNI, I'm not oh, going to lie. <laughs> did you actually? <laughs> yeah. You are a dickhead. <laughs> Thanks to my haters. Without them, none of this is possible. Haters uh, and motivators. Love, love life. Love my friends. We're here for a good time, not for a long time. Uh, one, one tribe, one tribe, one ride, something like that. No, that was. Uh, were, you, were you making a dig there, Sean? Were you? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. Oh, I got my white belt this week. Don't know, you see, Sean. That's uh, Sean has had a little bit of an issue now with clubs. Sean is convinced all martial arts gyms are like satanic followings. Sky, like. It is like. 
Oh, hold on. Let's train here for the next 10 years and pay me money every week so I can give you a black belt in 10 years. Why don't they just t- teach you everything at the start in like a year or two years? Why don't they do that? I can imagine you're going to get some uh, tweets this <laughs> week, Sean. I'm looking forward to it. Mr. Podge's other oh, questions. Please don't tweet me. <laughs> that was a joke. Please, this, oh, is, a, this is a comedy podcast. I don't know. I don't know. I've heard some pretty convincing argument. Well, no, sorry. A not convincing argument, but you've been fairly adamant that that is true, Sean. <laughs> but in fairness, what about that troll job myself and Graham did on you and Dave? What about I that? Wasn't, you weren't trolling me at all. Well, yeah, you, in I fairness, read, you're I used read to all it. of the mess. Yeah. yeah, I'm used to it. Poor yeah. Dave Fogarty got a harsh initiation into the severe MMA WhatsApp there a while ago. <laughs> poor Dave lost it. Oh, poor lad. Oh, it was funny though. Anyway. Um, Adrian Erity. At Adrian yeah. Erity. Question for the podcast. Have you been following Mike Russell's report on Ali Abdulaziz and what do you make of him? What do we make of who Ali Abdelaziz or, or Mike, Mike Russ? Well, Ali is uh, not the most upstanding no. character in mixed martial arts for whatever variety of reasons you'd like to pick from. Um, but I don't know what this is about. Look, just I read the, the whole thing and it's, it wasn't that well written, to be honest. Was this the FBI informer thing, was it? Yeah. It, look... When I when these things are this complicated, it's kind of hard to, to know what people are going to say. I listened to this comment of Bin podcast, and I think Bin Fox and Chad Dundas, they made a great point that this report was written with a lot of facts and then with a lot of opinion from the writer as well. So when you get something like that, it's you know it's very hard to know. Look, I think Ali Abdulaziz, from the things that have come out about him he's you know he's a bit of a shady character he's definitely lied about things in the past even you know the way he treats not treats the fighters but the way he ran the world series of fighting thing where his fighters got more than other fighters and where he was taking his share of it and stuff you know that that's you know that's a bit weird the way he runs his the twitter accounts guys i know a lot of people do that but the way he you know the way he does it is is weird as well you know i don't know i don't think he's the best character not I think, being able to really speak or type english coherently probably yeah, not the best thing i probably shouldn't have him doing that job but look i'd love to i'd love to see someone like josh gross or you know ben folks himself or you know someone like that doing it no disrespect to mike russell i think i think he's done you know an okay job and but I, i'd like to see someone with you know, a lot of experience digging into this. I think Josh Gross would probably Brent be the Brookhouse. man. Perfect yeah, Brookhouse man for something uh, very, like very, that. Yeah, the guys over Bloody Elbow as well, Paul Gift, and um, uh, his name won't come to me now. Um, he, he not the face on on uh, Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I think those guys would be very good as well. I think they've done bits as well. So Finally, uh, from the Mr. Pod series of questions, how long before we see Jake Ellenberger Johnny Hendricks and Josh Barnett in Bellator World Series of Fighting or RISM? Um, uh, Jake, Jake Ellenberger, I think he'll get one more UFC fight maybe, but I I think he's the type of guy that will retire. I think he's he's smart enough um, to do that. Johnny Hendricks is going to be in the UFC for years. He got beat by the best fighter in the world at the weekend. That's <laughs> He'll be back. Um, and who was the other one? Josh Barnett. I think heavyweight is so light that Josh Barnett will fight for UFC as long as he wants, probably, yeah. Handy enough, isn't it? Being in a division so weak that you're guaranteed, like, always to fight. Yeah. Should become a heavyweight. Um, 
Era 24-7, Aaron Cullen. Do you think Verdum is looking for a job at joke.ie? Verdum with with his Photoshop? (laughs) Yes. Probably the best question we've got. I think Aaron Cullen may become a friend of the podcast after that one. That was the weirdest Photoshop I've ever seen in my life. Uh, what is he? Is that a is that a case of like Brazilian humor not being translated well into into English? Like I get the impression from reading that that underneath there should be a load of Brazilians commenting under it, being like K K K K K K K K K K. Do you ever see Brazilians type like yeah. that online or ja 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 ja? Yeah, it was kind of weak. <laughs> it was weird. It's like in terms oh, of like doing? Photoshop abilities that you could do regarding Conor McGregor. It's definitely like the lowest that we've ever seen. Like, what? Uh, two footballers, okay? So, completely away from the sport that you're both professionals in. The sport of mixed martial arts at times already gets a bad reputation for men hugging on the ground. Mm-hmm. And you've put him mocking, mockingly like someone's fisting the other person. <laughs> like, it's like he tried to make a literal joke about how he would, in, like, excuse the vulgarity here for a moment. I got from what I got from that humor was Verdum will fuck Conor McGregor in the ass and he'll enjoy it. But instead of it being like a porn gif, some sort of decent thing, it was a a funny photo taken in a football match that looks like a, a actually no, he's not going to fuck Conor McGregor in the ass and he's going to like it. He's going to fist Conor McGregor in the ass and he's going to like it. <sighs> Verdum. Yeah. <laughs> Telling you what, acquiring Ali Abdelaziz as your manager was the best thing you've ever done, Mr. Fabrizio Verdum. Do you reckon Ali did that for No, up? no, I wouldn't be surprised, <laughs> but look, that's, I'm like, am I oh, being yeah. too vulgar, too crude there? Is that, I, I was that this, the theme? Was that the joke? I think this whole, um, you know, Verdum said something about McGregor before, but then McGregor kind of like took it to another level and like said he's baby toe and stuff and, you know, kind of just wrecked him in the way McGregor kind of re- genuinely or um, generally seems to wreck people. And then nobody has a comeback. Like, uh, it's an Irish thing. Like, you know, if you get into a row, a slagging row with someone Irish, you're not going to win. <laughs> I don't like Not it. at all. You like, know, that's it's not happening. Like, people don't realize. No, it's. It's just, it's ridiculous. He look, McGregor's doing it because he's, you know, he he's teammates with with uh, Dos Anjos and he's, you know, he's gone after his whole team. He called his gym crap or whatever, and it, it, it's funny enough. I like, I don't think anyone's particularly offended by what Verdum did. I don't, I don't think it'll make McGregor that mad. But no, no, exactly. It was, it was not his weird kind of like weird undertones to it. Like, yeah, it was in poor taste, should we say? There you go. Um, JJ Mills would like to know what about Wonderboy versus Rory McDonald? Who That'd wins and is fight. it a good matchup? Also, last three cards with no female fights. Question mm. mark, exclamation mark, question mark, colon, open bracket, open bracket, open bracket, open bracket, open bracket, open bracket. She seems pretty upset about this. Yeah, I'd like to see more female fights. Like, since the divisions have been brought in, it's just been a slowdown ever since, and you know, it's, it's not a good thing. Um, Wonderboy against Rory. That's that's the best matchup in in featherweight, in my opinion. Um, even though Rory's lost to Robbie Lawler twice, I think he's is. I think it's him and Wonderboy are the two best in the division. Although that's a little bit unfair in Robbie Lawler. So um, I think Wonderboy would win. Shocker! 
In other news, this podcast is released on Tuesday. I like Roy McDonald as well, though. I'm, t- I'm Team Roy McDonald. It's Team Sheehan. Shane, he's a she fan, is he? He's a she fan. Hashtag she fan. Shane Kiley. Shane KSE85 on Twitter. With the way the top three or four fighters are seemingly at a way higher level than everyone else, is the light heavyweight division stagnant? Yes. Oh, it's awful. 100%. Awful. One of the most underdeveloped divisions in the UFC. And they're saved by the fact that the top of it is just full of the most elite fighters in the world. Yeah, and that's a big problem as well. People saying, oh, we should have a cruiserweight division. Light, light heavyweight is awful. Heavyweight is awful. Why? And, and you, you want, want to put a division in between division. them? Yeah, good it's, point. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, Yeah, light heavyweight, and there's no one coming either. The Bear Judah, the Bear Judah's coming. Is uh, Colin Ward, Louds 57, with a nice little pun here for you, Sean. Go on. It was sa- Saturday the night that Thompson became Wonder Man. Uh, he'll always be Wonder Boy to me. Wonder Boy. I was hoping that you would. I I held off. <sighs> I held off on a response there because what? I was waiting for you to sing the lyric again, Wonder Boy. That I did. Is, no, no, I know. I did hear it, and that's why I'm <laughs> so happy because I'm going to keep that. I'm going to cut that out. Introduce it everywhere in my life from now on. Uh, and I'm a oh, big fan of your singing. Thank you. Uh, man that took a break from questions the last couple of weeks, been slacking. Will Martin MMA. You said that last week as well when he answered question. He hasn't been taking breaks at all. What are you talking about? Did he? Yeah. He asked one last week. Yeah, and you said the exact same thing. Oh, well then maybe there was one week that he didn't ask a question and I just noticed it. And I was yeah. like, where's Will? <laughs> I assumed something had happened to him. <laughs> um, he Best friend to, of the podcast. Would like to know your early thoughts. Johnson yes. versus, versus Big Henry C. Ugh. <sighs> I, don't, I just don't think he's ready. Oh, did honest. you see Greg Savage ripping him and uh, Daniel Cormier to shreds on Twitter the other day? No, what is that? Like someone put up, oh, UFC going with the Olympian double double header here, blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, and both of them are getting silver medals. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, but actually, on the, on the John Jones thing, did you hear he got caught today driving a car with no license? When oh, he, you know, God forbid, lock him up and throw away the key, Sean. Yeah, Won't anyone still, think of the children? Still, he got his fucking license taken away and he's going, oh, he's out driving. MMA media completely over, like... Ah, but what? What? He shouldn't be driving. Sure, I'm driving with no tax NCT or insurance. Ah, no, that's not actually a... not true. Can I just say, if there's <laughs> any guards listening, true. not true. 100% arrest I'm, this man. I'm taxed and insured, so... Have you a license? Yeah, I have a license. I'm waiting yeah. for it to come, but I have a license. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, driving around at the minute. I'm driving around at the minute with my receipt <laughs> from uh, the National Driving License oh, yeah, Centre. Yeah. Ah, your grandson. But yeah, look... John Jones is just a fuck up. Like, come on, he why he needs to stop the shit. He needs to drive though. But get a driver, get a fucking taxi or something. It costs far too much to do that. Do you He's think John million. Jones hasn't got his Reebok money anymore, Sean? He can't afford to hire a driver. As um, as your man, what, what's your man's name? Not the Iron Sheik, but that other wrestler that's trying to do the Iron Sheik thing. Uh, he's got his fuck money. What's Virgil. His, what's his name? Virgil, yeah. What about it? I just did. Did he have a driver, did he? No. It was a bad joke. It was in poor taste. Wouldn't be like Sean Sheehan to drop an absolute (laughs) crack or stinker of a joke there in the middle of the podcast. That was my my first bad joke ever in the podcast. What would you rather see as well? Chris Leighton versus Josh Koscheck or Koscheck versus Paul Daly? None of them. None of the above. Paul Daly would ruin Koscheck within a round. 
It wouldn't even be close. Maybe. And no, definitely. There's no maybe about it. Definitely. Chris yeah. Lieben and Josh Koscheck is. I've always wanted to see that fight, but it's a bit too late it's now. Very sad the fact that Chris Lieben is having to fight again. So yeah. Hopefully Bellator, sponsors, whatever, he can actually get a couple of fights together, not get hurt too much, and then have something to build his retirement off. Well, um, I, I, that Koscheck fight is probably the best he could get because Koscheck is probably just taking also it. spent as well. Like so, yeah. um, Ronan Duffy, you probably don't care, Sean. Rusimar Palaharis is matched with Gary Tonin. I like it at Polaris Three. Do you know who Gary Tonin is? How dare you! I think you would be a big fan of Gary Tonin if you don't know. Yes. He's a leg lock specialist, isn't he? Yes, well? he is. I and know he that. will genuinely try and rip Paul Harris's leg off. Like, yeah. there, Weight aside, there's a brilliant chance Gary Tonin actually would be able to heel hook Paul Harris. I'd love to see it. You just dropped your pen in shock. No, I dropped. I dropped a little USB cable here. No, I'm sorry. Oh, never mind. Uh, I actually that's actually something I'd actually watch because I like I like Gary Tonin because uh, Eddie Bravo was on the Joe Rogan podcast like the day after he won. He then he won some big match before that. Like he came out of nowhere and nobody knew who he was, and then he won what, like one world championship or something. Or oh, he got beat by Crohn, wasn't it? Like he nearly what beat happened Crone, was like, Gary Tonin was on Lloyd Irvin's original series, the uh, next or the black the brown belt Kumite. Yeah. And Darrow O'Connell was on it as well, and they were all flown out to Maryland, put up. Pretty much Lloyd Irvin had Keenan Cornelius in his gym at the time, and he said Keenan was the best brown belt in the world. Let's have a, the best brown belts in the world compete to see who the best one is. No time limit, sub-only match. You're only allowed 10 minutes rest between your matches. Have it over the space of three or four days. It's actually very, very good watch, even though Lloyd Irvin is a bit of a scumbag. Well, a complete scumbag, but... Well, I think it was like 20-something matches, like 11 gi, 11 yeah. no gi, or 12 gi, 12 no gi, I'm not too sure what it was, and uh, Keenan pretty much beat everyone, like submitted everyone, no losses the whole way through, uh, Gary Tonin was in it, people enjoyed his style in that, then the ADCC match with Crone in 2000, oh, Thirteen, I'm gonna say. Didn't Cron like submit him with a triangle in like the last ten seconds? Rear naked choke with like Rear three choke, seconds sorry. left to go. But see, see, Sean knows. She knows grappling. She knows. There we go. Brian McLaughlin, BMC Dublin. If that shooting at the boxing weigh-in on Friday happened at an MMA card, would there be even more public outrage? Can't. I don't really want to say. I don't know because it's a horrible thing that someone has mm. died, and today. A dissident group have claimed responsibility for it, so it's it's a drug thing, like more than a combat sports yeah, thing. So it seems I'd... to be more like, from what I heard, there is a lot of questionably good standing characters involved that yeah, were at but, that way. Uh, yeah, it's been on the news and everything. Like one of the guys involved with the gym is a known person to the you know Dublin gangland situation. Also, you know, <laughs> I don't is this think why it, you hate you know, Dublin, Sean. Uh, well, I hate Dublin for a multitude of reasons, but you know it, that it's, doesn't it's sad. It's sad, uh, like I said it on Twitter. It's sad that something like this did happen, but it's even worse that happens at a combat sports event. And uh, event, but I just you know I hope nothing can ever happen like this with MMA. Um, friend of the podcast, AJK Dublin, would like to know what are your thoughts on Yolo Romero? I called him Yolo on purpose there. Oh, being yeah. cleared of juicing. Well, are he hasn't been cleared yet, perhaps. Retractions from Kennedy and Bisbing coming yeah, on their uh, social media uh, accounts. No? Tim Kennedy. Oh, I just want to see Tim Kennedy's uh, uh, thing when this happens. 
just be so explain it. I I only uh, found out about this when I was looking at the questions. Uh, it, uh, he's going actually on the MMR today, so by the time this comes out, people will probably know. Let's assume. Let's just assume he got away with it. Um, his his B sample was oh my fucking shoulder. I just hurt it. His B sample was sent away to be um tested, and apparently it came back negative. So look. This will probably be out by the time you're hearing this podcast. So, um, but the rumors are he put up a, a, um, an Instagram post that he's getting ready for February 17th, which would be Bisping Anderson. And there's rumors going around that Michael Bisping's injured. But I just got an email like 20 minutes ago about like a Bisping Anderson like meet and greet thing that's happening in LA or something. So, I don't know how Michael true that Bisping is. Maybe and, he's uh, Wonder Boy front row as well, watching him. Yeah, maybe he's fighting someone else. But, you know. I think it's a lesson we need to learn not to throw these guys under the bus at the very start. That you know, the, but we John have to wait Jones and give them due process. Driving without a license. Yeah, but he was caught. Noel Romero, he needs to have his due process. So, look. You said one way, like I'm, me I, trying I, to justify being pulled over by the PSI. <laughs> I'm glad to see Noel Romero back because he's good, and hopefully he wasn't on drugs, and hopefully that everything came out. Good and you know it's very good. Just on on the whole thing is well, Rio Ferdinand just tweeted um, Conor McGregor saying with with a, a quote in the picture that uh, Fabrizio Verdum sent, and he was like Conor McGregor sort this guy out for me, or I'd have to step in the ring myself or something. Like that. Uh, oh, oh, Fabrizio Verdum just got murked by Rio Ferdinand on Twitter. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the hashtag would watch. Would watch. No, he just got murked, mate. Uh, John underscore JH15 actually with a good question here. Um, not that the other questions were bad. I just mean it ma- made me think. <laughs> Fuck all the rest of you. Yeah, it was you called them wankers last week and now you're saying no, no, all No, no, you did. Questions. It's a three or four oh, parter. A uh, little bit of a story takes you on a tail. I was like, yeah, I can dig this. Topic of Crow Park slash possible Sky TV deal. One of the issues is loss of pay-per-view time. Wait, can we just put out here, UFC won't do Crow Park. McGregor's saving that one for himself. Uh loss of pay-per-view due to the time difference with events at Crow Park do you think with Sky build the UFC more in the UK and Europe and in 12 to 18 months that they would attempt a pay-per-view with Crow Park event which would help make the event more possible with helping the loss of the US pay-per-view John we're going to help you with a bit of punctuation between next this week and next week because that was hard for me to read but I can't really say anything because I have the worst spelling and grammar probably in the world so uh I was. I, shout, I, I appreciate your stream of consciousness, and I really like it as a question. Do you think it's possible, Sean? I uh, I could see that working that out like that. Like uh, Anthony Joshua's last fight did a fucking humongous number on pay per view. I know box like MMA is what boxing is, but if you Ireland as well, I think Anthony Joshua did like three hundred and fifty thousand or something on pay per view, which like. I know America, comparing that to American pay-per-view numbers, isn't much, but like it's obviously a lot smaller of a market here. But that's actually that's a wise thing. It's a smart thing. I think that could happen, maybe. But obviously, there's a lot of stuff to happen between now and then yeah, for that then. to even be yeah, possible. Yeah, but three years ago, Conor McGregor only had signed with the UFC, so yeah. definitely don't rule it out. Um, Stan Kavanagh, friend of the podcast, if you could invent your own chocolate bar, what would it be? His would be an apple crumble with custard inside. His favourite dessert. I like that. Have you any thoughts on this? No, because I'm only after hearing the question for the first time. Whisper Gold is just my favourite bar anyway. I have seen an article like of like 10 bars that were stopped being made. 
yeah. when really they shouldn't have been stopped being made. Mm-hmm. I used to love a wee dream bar. Do you know the white chocolate dream bars? Oh yes, I do. I used to love them as well. They actually. were quite nice, and they used to they used to feature quite prominently, if I can remember, in a hero selection boxes. Yeah. Am I right Correct. with that? Great Correct. shout. Yeah. Great shout. You know, like here, here's the bar I'd have. I'd have a, a macaroon bar. There was in another case, one with ice in cream case in it. In Whisper Gold. Oh. I would like somehow a world that didn't judge me for having a flake exterior on a Kinder Bueno. Fuck, I need to shit. Oh, fuck me. That, Wouldn't that, that be nice. brilliant? Just the Kinder Bueno, like the so, soft stuff in the Kinder Bueno inside the flake. Yes. Oh, yeah. Or somehow the shell was made out of hardened flake instead of wafer. Okay. See where I'm going with that? I see what you're going with. See, see what so I'm putting I, down. Do you pick si- up what I'm putting down? Is it still cylindrical, like a long cylindrical it's still, bar? It's still the shape of a flake. Oh, yeah. Or maybe moulded into the shape of a Kinder Bueno. I'm, I'm okay with for that. that. You know, there's, there is a little thing kind of like that without the flakes on it. Though. You know them small bars with like that? Stuff in the middle. There's like chocolate. Uh, the they don't really. Of it. That's not Kinder that on the count. inside, though. That's yeah, that's a kind of like sorta. Yeah. Actually, on that, this is probably the most engaged question we've got. <laughs> kind, <laughs> kinder Pingus are delicious. Do you know them? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, the soft middle pingus. texture sort of thing. Yeah. My my shout out to my friend Moss. He used to always bring me a Kinder Pingu in, in college when he was going down to my house. Shout out to Lidl where I buy four of them for one sixty every time I walk in delicious. there. Delicious. No, I'm even more hungry now. So there we go. Let's thank Havana at what's your, Stan Kai. What's your favorite Cav. bar? What's your favorite bar, bar right now? I think we've spoke about this quite recently. Have we? Um, I think when we last spoke about it, I was a whore for dairy milk mints. Mm. At the minute, crisp wise, I'm an absolute demon for Thai sensation chilies. Oh, my niece came in the other day with they one of them. Unreal, lovely. I wouldn't be a great big tater man on myself. I don't really eat taters. Are the tater? Sensations, tato's, yeah. Are sensations are, or tato? The Walker's tato's, I think, aren't they? Or what oh are they? my god, I forgot. Like that. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I thought you meant tato brand. No. They're crisps, yeah. Sensations tato. crisps. No. <laughs> Throwback there. That. Oh my god. Whisper, Remember the crack gold, we like... had over that? <laughs> yeah, like three weeks ago. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> only three oh, well, weeks was like ago. It was like three months ago. ago. Maybe. Yeah. Um. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, my favorite bar of chocolate at the minute. This for gold. Mm, from in a shop. Oh, I like munchies. I like the little. Uh, do you know munchie bars? The chocolate. I I know munchies, but I can't. So think of munchies them. are a red long thing. Um, with. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The little, the little square, square chocolates, three yeah. D square chocolate things. Lovely. With a little bit of a oh. crunch inside them as well. They are my um, favorite crunch. They are quite nice. Um, just looking through a couple of last questions here before we go. Callum Divin would like to know how many times will Wonder Boy have, or how many titles will Wonder Boy have won by year's end, and who would be his toughest fight at welterweight? Wonder Boy, um, Roy McDonald, I reckon. Oh, Robbie Lawler is a fucking tough fight. Yeah, fight. I think Robbie Lawler would bring out the genuine bet. Like Robbie Lawler is the type of guy that would bite his gum shield and relish the prospect of fighting. Wonderboy and Stephanie a fight I would like to see personally in 2016 S- not sooner rather than later though do you know mm. what I mean let Wonderboy actually prove himself one more time yeah. against a credible striker who's going to put it back up to him as opposed to a guy with a big shot true make the gunner fight 
or the Nick Diaz fight. Um, yeah, well, I would watch. Cape May Irish, John Harker. If you could organise two fights, Sean, right? Yeah. I'm talking to you here directly now. Sean. Fighter now versus fighter past for UFC Ooh. 200. Who would they be? So it's a current so fighter far, against an old fighter in their prime. Yeah, so Chuck, Forrest, Rampage. Okay. And he also wants to know, any luck on getting the glove box fixed? No, there is not. Update on Irish fighters fighting next? No, there is not. And has the Viper agreed to be a guest yet? No, he is not. <laughs> the Viper. Uh, I, I'd have um, <coughs> um, Overeem now against Fedor. Overeem in 2002. <laughs> Fedor back in the day. His younger nah. middleweight brother. I'd have... He said to... Do you want to give you one of yours? And then I would myself. love to see Forrest Griffin, right? Because he was yeah. my favorite, like, and links into the other question, Forrest Griffin was my favorite fighter. So I was asked who my favorite fighter is. I'm still going to go with Forrest Griffin from the start. Um, there's something about the sick freaking me that would like to see him fight Ryan Bader because it would make him look good. Does that make sense? Yeah. No? From an aesthetically pleasing fight point of view, Forrest Griffin versus Fabio Maldonado would definitely be a scrap that people could hang their hats on and say that's a really, really good one. But like, I think a lot of people are going to say Chuck Liddell versus John Jones is going to be a lot of John people's Jones. Kill him, though. dream fight. He would, but people would still like to see how it played out. I'm going to go with Wonderboy. Versus Matt Hughes, because he's a piece of shit and Wonderboy would kill him. <laughs> I'm going to go Wonderboy against Anderson Silva. For real, though, moving away from those divisions. Even though they're both on the roster right now, put shut up. <laughs> Conor <Shut> McGregor <laughs> versus BJ Penn. Yeah. Hashtag would watch. Even, well. Even though, you know what I mean. Yeah. A proper BJ Penn, not mm. that. Um, and I would love to see Conor fight Aldo from five years ago as well. I think that would be a very, very good fight. Um, Stephen Fitzpatrick with all the talk of St. Pierre returning if Anderson beats Bisbing are we going to see Anderson versus St. Pierre at UFC 200 Stephen uh, paid no. that idea send it to the UFC you're printing money yeah, I don't I, think we could see it but yeah. that's the biggest possible fight the UFC could do at UFC 200 I still think we're getting Lawler and GSP I don't know why I just do mm, don't know Uh Something about me would like to see Anderson versus St. Pierre. Oh, I'd watch it. Oh, yeah. I hope it happens. But I just don't think it Whether will. Whether it does or not, different question. Um, to finish up, or almost to finish up, Patrick Sheehan. Pat Sheehan, one, two, three, brother of the podcast. Prick. If McGregor wins and gives up the featherweight title, calls out Lawler for UFC 200, and George St. Pierre calls out Lawler for UFC 200 as well, who would get it? That's that's actually a question I've asked before, and it's purely house, stolen from Patrick. me. In front of him, <laughs> stole that from me. Um, GSP, I think. Oh, Andy Cowan actually wrote to at Andrew McGahan, now that I just noticed it there. Did he? Oh, and, oh yeah. Did you see that, actually? PZ wrote to yes, at John Sheehan. No, that was Sheehan. hilarious. That was brilliant. What a man. Yeah, but anyway, we asked Andrew Patrick. I said, actually, he gave out to me last week because you were just about to compliment him on his Fabrizio Verdum uh, Photoshop, and I cut you off, and then you never said it. So he was, and he was giving out to me. So we we apologize. Your Fabrizio Verdum Photoshop was brilliant, Patrick. Thank you. Serious question here from Jim Daw. 
if he had any other haircut, Wonderboy would be a massive star. Discuss. Well, he's a, he's a very good haircut. I think Wonderboy's hair is beautiful. Like everything about him. <laughs> Standard Sean Sheehan <laughs> response there. Wonderboy! What do you think of his haircut, though? He's a nice haircut, doesn't he? Uh, it's fresh enough, Barney. Not gonna, not gonna lie. think it could definitely room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Harsh. Harsh. I cut my hair as well. Did you know that? I did notice it. Pure bald. Pure bald to bits, hey. Um, Final question, Sean, before I let you go. Yeah. Tygo Donovan, Tygy85, wants to know, who would you most like to see in the octagon with Rumble Johnson? John Terry or Diego Costa? Oh, I'd have to say John Terry because... I'd say both of them. Let Diego Costa fight John Terry and the, lo- the winner has to fight Anthony Johnson because you know one of them is going to get beaten up by the other and then Anthony Johnson will get the other fella. Diego Costa is my favourite soccer player to ever live. Why? I just love him so much. He's just such a bastard. Like I love him. WWE couldn't create a heel as good as him. He's just... Oh, he's, and he scored against Man United to take away a win from us and I still love him. He's just brilliant. John Terry, I don't hate John Terry that much, but he's a bit of a dickhead. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Rumble Johnson beat the shit out of him. But poor Diego Costa, I, I hope he never leaves the Premier League. I love him so much. He's the best. You know what you just said there? What? The Premier League. I didn't. You I did. said the Premier League. No, you said the Premier League. Premier League. They're taking over. The Premier yeah. League. The Premier BPL League. That's another one. Soccer League. That's another one. What about Sky there's, Sports copying uh, Fox Sports 1 with their robot as well? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, they did. They Apparently, they're, are they owned by the same people? Are yeah, Fox yeah. and Sky owned? Oh, well then, they didn't really... It was cross-divisionally spread across the broadcast network. Exactly, yeah, 100%, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, yeah. We're so pro- look how professional we are there. Yeah, That's we're just... Favorite. Yeah, send it to the guys in Sky. Yeah, no bother. Yeah. Like, just... We're like fucking Jim Watt and Cape Abdo. That's what we're like. I have no idea who those two people are. You don't know Jim Watt? Or, or Cape Jim, Abdo. White, Jim White. Oh, Jim right. White. Jim, Jim White. Yeah, no, I'm a bit of a Jim White. There's no, like, don't get me yeah. wrong. My football days are well behind me. I, uh, I don't really like football as much as I've said before in the podcast anymore. Jiu-Jitsu lifestyle is taking over. Jiu-Jitsu lifestyle, you know it. But I would like, I'm going to say the word allegedly here because it could probably cause some sort of controversy. Yeah. There's going to be a massive doping scandal about football revealed in the next year or two or there's already been a big one covered up Mm. in the last year and that can only be the explanation why seemingly invincible teams have now gone to complete shit and someone like Leicester is leading the Premier League are you saying Jamie Vardy's on drugs no but he's having a party yeah Uh, no but I mean like the bet like Manchester United's fall from grace has been well documented you can't put all of that down to a manager you can't put... We shit players now, though. I... We have, oh, we have, like, like, we have an awful lot of shit what players. What happened Robin Van Persie as a footballer? Uh, what happened Radamel Falco as a footballer? He's you don't, for, you don't forget how to fucking be a prolific goal. No. Strikers drop off. Look how, look at Torres. Look you know, look at Eto'o. Look at Van Persie. Look at Falco. They all fall. Look at Mike Gallone. Something is a foot. Do you know the only one who didn't fall apart? Who? Thierry Henry. Yeah, Under the yeah. guidance of one of the most Cheating beautiful bastard. managers in the world, full of, full of uh, elegance, a man of honour, a man who would never dream Cheating to give fuck. his players anything 
Like, look at it this way. Who's more likely to give a player Arsene steroids? Wenger. Did you not see that thing where one of his players said that he was given steroids by Arsene Wenger? No. Where is that? Who was it? Kevin Ca- was it Kevin Campbell? Kevin Callum said Wenger was given that steroids. Someone like that. No, it wasn't Kevin Campbell. Oh, fuck. It was, oh, was Paul Marshall. No, it was someone. It was someone saying... Anyway, uh, my point is, who's more than likely <laughs> going to give steroids to a player? Jose Mourinho or Arsene Wenger? Arsenal are still in the same place as last year. They're fucking fourth. That's why they're not on drugs. They've been there for the last couple of years. Like, there's no issue with them. So you're saying Chelsea got off the drugs, is it? I, look, maybe it's a transitional. Maybe it's the USADA era of football at the minute. <laughs> All of these these footballers are just... This, oh. this is the worst conspiracy theory I've ever heard. Graham will Wait love a minute. Wait Graham a minute. will love this. Yeah. You don't think football is absolutely riddled with drugs? There's never been any sort of high-profile... like There has, yeah. What? Initially, initially, you know, match-fixing. There's been match-fixing. No, but there was what about, as well. What about all the blood mixed. found in Barcelona? What about the fresh blood samples found down in Barcelona's basement? Yeah. Sure, Lionel Messi's on HGH. Yeah, of course he is. He was a, like, he was a midget. Do you not think... Leo, Leo Messi is probably part chemical at this stage. from Because yeah, sure. he... In order to become a functioning human adult. He would only be four foot six if he didn't have a HGH. Apparently. So, I don't know. Look, all I'm saying is... Dirty money, Sean. Money talks. Edgely. This is the Joe Rogan experience here, signing off. Because <laughs> that's a bit where we went there for the last couple of minutes. We went if on a vision you... quest with dolphins. and. Oh, look. I was serpents. in my isolation tank just there with Joey Diaz and Eddie Brav. Edge Brav. Oh, Edgebra. by the way, Sean. One yeah. of the most weirdest experiences of my life last week. One. Shout out to podcast listener Keith Kavanagh. Jiu-jitsu uh, player as well. Went down to Drogheda. Was doing a bit of training with him. Yeah. Putting the music on. Track skipped. Severe MMA podcast starts playing while I was doing jiu-jitsu. Deadly. Oh, Sean's gas, isn't he? Ah, I like that person. He likes him already. Even, even, though, now. even though he does jiu-jitsu. He's, uh, even he's, he's, fighting, uh, fighting at a Kuma. he's fighting at Akuma on February 20th. Oh, fair play. So the footage will be up on Severe. You'll be able to cheer for your uh, podcast fans. Hashtag she fans. She fans. Anyway, if you want to get Rubar. in touch... Hashtag what? rhubarb fan. Hashtag rhubarb. Sean Rhubarb Sheehan. <laughs> the newest uh, newest kid on the block. Oh, God. Apologies in advance also. Daniel Bradley, where are you? No questions this week. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings last week. We need you back in our lives. I like the true or false questions that he gives as well. More people should do them. Maybe like he them. also... Um, also, uh, Robert Burke sent a great meme to you during <coughs> the week. Did you see that one? I uh, did, but remind me. How you feel when the timer goes when your partner has your back. Oh, yeah. It was a jiu-jitsu one, so you probably like just blocked him. I was going to. I was thinking about it. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll put it down to the fact that we ended up recording the podcast Monday evening instead of Tuesday morning. Uh, that's, why, uh, that's why powerful Daniel Bradley did not send us some good questions. Yeah. So, Daniel, we're sorry. Please send them back. We, uh, we missed your input this week big time. Anyway... Thank you very much for listening. An hour and 35 minutes in the bank already. And we are just about to head off for uh, an evening of fun. I have to go to jiu-jitsu. The class starts in two minutes' time, so I will definitely not make it on time. I'll (laughs) stroll in late. I probably won't won't even train. Because, Sean, I was competing yesterday. And you'll be pleased to know it did not go well. Oh, how did you go? How did you get on? I saw your arm raised, though. I I moved up a division to the 76th kilo division for the LOLs and JKs. Won mm-hmm. my first match, got out of a ridiculous triangle, ended up beating him on points. Bit of a scumbag move from him on a reset as well. Went deeper on a submission and then put it straight on, ended up taking his back. 
and I uh, didn't choke him myself, but was not happy at the time. Then uh, fought against a guy called Adam Larkin in the next round and lost by an advantage. My own fault. 15 seconds left to go. I pulled guard trying to be a smart cunt. He almost passed my guard, uh, got an advantage point, won two points to two points to three two in advantages. Dave Fogarty won that, did he? Dave Fogarty won his first match and then lost his second match. He got bronze in oh, the division. Ah, for so fuck's sake. Two fucking game. losers from Severe <laughs> Two <Army>. complete dickheads. <laughs> Give up that fucking scam Don't be rushing to buy severe MA jiu-jitsu patches <laughs> anytime soon, folks, because me and Dave are shockingly bad. Oh, anyway, Jesus. as always, thank you for listening. It's now an hour and 40 minutes and jiu-jitsu is just about to start. <laughs> so I don't even think I'm going to train because I'm a little bit sore from yesterday. But if you want to get in touch with us between now and next week, please do not hesitate to do so. Get in touch with us on Twitter at Andrew McGahan underscore at Sean Sheehan BA at Severe MMA Pod for all things good Severe MMA related head on over to Facebook SevereMMA.com give us a like give us a share and as always shout out BeanieBasher.com you can get yours over at www.BeanieBasher.com for the affordable price of £10 sterling they also take Euro they will ship it to your door you will have great fun and you can record videos of yourself with your new Beanie Basher why wouldn't you do that Sean tell me why wouldn't you do that I'll retweet it like it's going to happen. Sheehan, you'll get a retweet from the Sean Sheehan himself. The Sean Sheehan. Almost 5,000 followers, only 57 away. Really? You've yeah. uh, fairly uh, fairly pulled past me there then. This is great, let's be honest. Everyone loves me. Probably not that. <laughs> but I am on, I'm nearly at 4,600. Ah, not too bad. <laughs> not, that's the most <laughs> condescending thing I've ever heard you say to me in my life. You were like a thousand ahead of me at one stage. But I... You know, these things happen. The cream always rises to the top, let's be honest there. We just got a last minute question. Go on. There we go. Uh, I know I meant I referenced it early on. Colin Pryor. Is Andrew McGann trying to break a world record for mentioning masturbation in three or four consecutive podcasts? No. North Korea, by the way. Uh, but Helen, Helen and Martina Marr said, I said the exact same thing to you. And then Martina said, he's not at it again, is he? So that can be taken... <laughs> Is she Stephen Lowry's lady friend? Or am I totally insane and totally wrong? I believe so. Yeah, there you go. See, I'm not talking Definitely. About it, so. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Helen is, Helen is the sister of Martina. Friend of the podcast. Well, sisters of the podcast, I think. I'm sorry, I'm, try- I'm actually, I'm not going to lie, girls. I just went into both of your profile pictures on Twitter to see if Stephen Lowry was in either one of them. And... <laughs> uh, there someone is has gone out with someone anyway. There is a man in the back of one of the profile pictures, but it doesn't look like Larry. So he's getting away with him. He's getting away with it for now. He's doing well for himself anyway, whatever's going on. Oh, Sean Sheehan is a regular Lothario here, ladies and gentlemen. That She's words words in my head because my sister sat a uh, paper two of English today on her junior cert mocks. Giving off about yeah. Romeo and Juliet, and I was like, Oh, the Lothario bastard. Mm. She didn't know what the word Lothario meant. Anyway, until next week, Sean, no lyric, no nothing. I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Nah, I think we're going to have to scrap this because you're just going to revert to killers. <laughs> every week, yeah. Like, I don't know. If you have a suggestion for how we should finish yeah. the podcast every week, please also let us know. I think we, we're missing something here. Yeah, we're, we're missing a couple of things. We've now got the scripted intro. You know, we're, yeah. we're getting, not scripted, but key points that you need to remember and talk about every week. I With think we also need a ramp. We need a little bit of music. 
just to, to bring the show out you know bring the show in bring the show out maybe a little bit of elevator music a little bit of waterfall music a little bit of like low bass music you know like boom yeah like exit loot you know the killer song exit loot we hope, hope you enjoyed your stay it's good to have you with us even if it's just for the day we hope you enjoyed your stay outside the sun is shining seems like heaven ain't far away it's good to have you with us Even if, if it's, it's just for the day. See you next week.